Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. So, so tell us what's happening in your life this week, Wayne. Well, it's been a very interesting week. Um, uh, a lot of you uh, listening last week heard me talk about uh, Alison De Silva. Uh, and I have received many uh, pieces of mail and, uh, and, and very wonderful comments from people from all over all over the world, really. And I appreciate all of that. It was a very hard week. And then this week, on the, on the 13th, uh, this week, uh, my friend Richard Carlson, who wrote uh, so many, many books, uh, probably the most prominent of them was uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small, small stuff. Um, only uh, was on an airplane flying to uh, New York, and he had a heart attack and passed away at the age of 45. Uh, I've known Richard, oh my goodness, at least 20 years since he was in his early 20s. And uh, I remember uh, many, many years ago, he uh, wrote me a letter, and uh, he was very apologetic because one of the books that he had uh, written was published in uh, in a Dutch edition. In, uh, in Holland, and uh, they had used my name on there with an endorsement uh, without my permission. Uh, and he wrote me this long, apologetic letter, and he was very upset about it, and uh, he didn't know if I was going to be, you know, suing him or if I was going to be, you know, upset or if I, you know, and he just wanted me to know that it had been done without his awareness and if there's anything he could do to correct it. And it was a very long and wonderful letter. And I was sitting at my office, I can remember as if, as if it were yesterday, and this must have been 15 years ago at least. Uh, and I sat down and I wrote him a, a letter and I said, uh, Dear Richard, uh, I've always lived my life by two rules. One of the rules is uh, don't sweat the small stuff. And the second rule is that it's all small stuff. And I signed it that way. Well, he got that letter from me and um, he decided that he really liked that and thought that was a great idea and a great title and uh, used it to write a title of a book and wrote a whole series of books about it. And in fact, in his in his book, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. He tells that story of how he got that title, uh, and I got to know him. I've known him very, very well. I've always respected him. I've always loved him. I've always thought that he was just this wonderful man. He's uh, his wife, uh, Chris, who's done a lot of work with him, and I think, believe they have three children, and maybe four. Uh, so it's all quite shocking uh, that my friend has left. And and when I told you this just before the show, Summer, you had said something like. Um, uh, I wonder why uh, and, wh- and what's happened. And my response was that we got called. And somebody sent me uh, something this week about the survivors of 9-11. And I thought I'd just, um, I'd just share this with you. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the people who was ahead of a company uh, survived on 9-11 because his son started kindergarten that day, and he went to the kindergarten. Uh, his, his opening took him there instead of going into the World Trade Center. Another person was alive because it was his turn, turn, turn to bring donuts, and he stopped just to get donuts just long enough to find out what had happened. Another woman was late because her alarm clock didn't go off in time. Another person was late for work and didn't and, and survived because of being struck on the, on the New Jersey Turnpike because of an auto, automobile accident. Another person missed a bus. One person uh, said uh, he spilled food on, she spilled food on her clothing and actually had to take time to change her clothing, and because of uh, that, uh, she didn't make it there in time. Another person's car wouldn't start. Um, another person was on their way out to get the subway to go down to the World Trade Center, and the phone rang at that moment, and they went back to answer the phone, and there was no one there. 
another person uh, had a child that dawdled and couldn't get ready, so uh, they didn't leave on time. Uh, one person couldn't catch a taxi. Um, there was one interesting story of a man who put on a pair of shoes that morning, uh, took the various means to get to work, but before he got there, uh, he developed a blister on his foot, and uh, he stopped at a drugstore to buy a Band-Aid. And because of that blister on his foot from the new shoes, this is why he's alive today. So I think about these kinds of things and when we get called and when, and how this universe works and uh, how there's a perfection to it. Uh, so when you get stuck in tra traffic or you miss an elevator or you turn your back to answer a ringing telephone and all these little things that might annoy you, you might think to yourself that this is exactly where God wants you to be at this very moment. And the next time everything seems to be going wrong and the children are slow getting dressed or you can't seem to find your car keys or you hit every traffic light, or, uh, God is working for you. You may continue to be saying thank you for the, all the annoying little things that you may remember that, that you're always in God's care. And I think about that with Richard uh, at the age of 45. He's 20 years younger than I am. Had a whole career ahead of him and so on. And he was on a particular airplane at a particular time and... Uh, and he was called, and uh, and I'm sure as many stories as there are about 9/11, and people who uh, uh, didn't go there that day, there are probably as many of of people um, who uh, ended up going there and weren't supposed to as well. And I don't think that it's, it's up to us uh, in our individual bodies to be questioning uh, the uh, when it is uh, when it is uh, our time to depart or when it's our time to go home or to. In the Tao, it says that the way of Tao is a return trip, that uh, it's always about uh, staying while you're alive, staying in, in this, as uh, close a, a harmony or a rapport as you can with the source from which you came, and trusting that all of these annoying little things, the traffic tickets, the phone ringing, the, the things that just seem to... And I'm sure if I took calls today and asked people to tell stories like that, um, everybody out there, everybody out there all over the world has a story to tell of, of a, 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 something, a seemingly uh, accidental occurrence that took place which ended up uh, changing their life completely um, or ending somebody's life or saving somebody's life and so on. So I just want to pay tribute to uh, my friend uh, Richard Carlson today uh, that he was called. Uh, I don't question it. I understand it. My friend Allison, who was called last week, and to send my love and condolences to Chris and to their family, uh, the wonderful, wonderful people. I'd also like to just take a few moments here at the beginning of the show, because it's the week before Christmas, to um, to remind you about uh, what it is that um, you can do to make this holiday season something that works for you, uh, to give you maybe some uplifting kinds of uh, ways to avoid uh, the blues and so on, and perhaps... I, I, years ago, I wrote a little book uh, called uh, Happy Holidays, and I was uh, just thumbing through it this morning thinking I'd like to speak about this because there's a week to go, and a lot of people get themselves all worked up and nervous and, and uh, full of anxiety and stress, and uh, their blood pressure goes up. Uh, uh, this is the time of year when suicides seem to grow up dramatically. It's the time for depression. more depression seems to take place during holiday time and all of that. Uh, and a lot of people uh, get themselves into debt uh, financially because of uh, overspending or feeling uh, obligations to do things that they normally wouldn't do the rest of the year and so on. And I put together a little uh, table of in that book, Happy Holidays, years ago, uh, 
which was to remind people to uh, take a child a childlike uh, approach to the holidays rather than an adult approach to the holidays. And a childlike approach to the holidays is let me just give you a couple of contrasting differences. Because uh, I can remember I remember being a child. I lived in a series of foster homes and an orphanage for quite a while when uh, up until I was ten and. And so the days of Santa Claus and all of that were uh, came and went uh, in those homes that I was living in at that time. And then I can remember getting back with my mom and, and my two brothers uh, and, and, and what Christmas looked like uh, through the eyes of a child. And it's almost like really important for every single person out there to, to go back to that childlike kind of excitement and fascination. I have a friend over here on Maui. Her name's Carrie. And she's got two little girls, uh, Kamali and uh, Kylie. And uh, one of them is four and one of them is eight. And they, I mean, they are just so excited and so thrilled. And when I look at them and I see their eyes and their eyes get so big and they they walk by and they see a uh, a Christmas tree being sold and they just can't wait to go over there. Can we get the tree now? And there's this kind of excitement. And I was thinking about a childlike attitude toward Christmas is I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see all the lights and all the decorations. And isn't everything so pretty, which is how my kids always looked at Christmas. And, um, you know, I look out at this universe that we live in and I look at all of these stars and I look at this planet that we're on and and how it, uh, you know, right, right down to the absolute milli millisecond, atomic millisecond, uh, it, uh, you know, it rises and, and falls and sets exactly the way it's supposed to and hurls through space and, and the oceans, uh, you know, all, uh, you know, are filled uh, with, with food supplies and the, and the skies and the, and the flowers and the endlessness of of this of this universe, and realize that there's some kind of a perfection that is working uh, at all times, and and to assume that it's working in keeping the planets in order and keeping the stars from falling down on top of us and keeping the ocean from turning upside down when the when the Earth keeps turning around on its axis, uh, we know that this perfection is is operating. And to make the assumption that it's not operating within our lives and in our bodies and in uh, our showing up here on this planet when we do and leaving when we do and so on, to make the assumption that these are accidents or that there's something, uh, you know, that something is askew that, that that shouldn't be, is 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 all I'm asking you to really just take a really hard look at and and very often to be able to say thank you for that that little delay. I mean, I heard you say that. You wonder sometimes how a little four-year-old can take ten minutes to put on her shoes. Yeah, uh, but the fact and I just is, want to get out the door. <laughs> you want to get out the door, and I, and I said to you, well, you know what? There was a head-on collision waiting for you if it would have taken her nine minutes. So uh, you know, it's, it, and and it's yeah. like you you kind of begin to look at your life like 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 the the little old lady who's driving her car real slowly in front of you and keeping you from getting where you want to want to be. Uh, is an angel that was put there to slow you down and to keep you from getting a traffic accident uh, or getting a ticket or or whatever to begin to look at life as if uh, to an, uh, uh, there's an understanding that there is a perfection to all of it and that's one of the things that the Tao has taught me is that you surrender to that and you let go and you and you don't uh, you try not to be such an interferer and keep your uh, you try to keep your ego out of it which your ego's telling you how the world should be how everybody else in the world should act well you know the way things should be going on how everything should be happening when in fact it's all happening exactly the way uh, some great divine force is, uh, which is beating all of our hearts at this moment and digesting all of our food and and creating all of our food and making it all work for us. Anyway. Yes, and every single moment is okay. Yes, it's all okay. As hard as that is for us to accept. 
Well, so Dr. Dyer, let's see if we can get yeah, Amy. Yeah, let's open the phone. So. Yeah, Amy in Michigan, line three, and, and make her understand that every single thing going on right now with her is okay. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Where are you in Michigan? Well, I'm pretty close to uh, Detroit. I'm in Novi. Oh, in Novi. My goodness. I yeah. actually teach at Wayne State. You do? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I teach uh, in... Uh, just adjunct. I'm bilingual education. Uh huh. Well, I taught at Wayne State and went there, and um, that's that's home to me. Yeah. I also teach at, at a high school there. I teach French and German. Oh, in the well, city. wonderful. Well, what's yeah. on your mind today, dear? Well, I I believe in God's perfect plan, and I've had I was raised by an alcoholic father and a mom who kind of ignored me, and and I believe in God's perfect plan, and I and I have a 17 year old daughter. And an 11 year old son. And anytime I've hurt, I've found such great comfort in you. And I thank you for that. I mean, uh-huh. it just has been, you've been so amazing that oh, thank you. It, it really and truly has been, why haven't I done this before? I've, I've hurt for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it, you just bring instant comfort in all mm. of your books. Um, I separated from my husband about a year ago, and my grandfather got very ill, and one thing after another, really for like the last 10 years, had been uh, struggle after struggle after struggle, and uh, uh, as, I, as I made my choices, uh, my children have always made it easier for me. Um, I, I told my daughter many times and my son many times, I think God made me um, to be your mom. Right. I'm a better person. How could you doubt that anyway? I mean, the the fact is that it is, so why not believe that? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, I could could be lazy for me, but I couldn't be lazy because I had to role model better for them Uh because I didn't have it. Nobody gave that to me. So uh, I separated from my husband a year ago, and my grandpa got sick, and he died, and there was a, a huge catharsis in that, but it was really tragic, and my my husband was drinking, and it was very, very, very stressful, and um, it, it just was a lot, and, and uh, I had picked up your uh, power of intention, and mm-hmm. I was really working hard, and things had really settled down. Um, uh, we seemed like we were on even keel. We were focusing in power of intention and li- living an inspired life. And I found out my daughter, um, we talked about uh, abstinence and God's perfect plan and saving what we had, and I found out she was 30 weeks pregnant. Mm. And she's 17? uh, She was 16 at the time. 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she, it it was like this person that I thought she was, she wasn't. And it turned out she, she, sometimes she would watch my, she'd get home at 2.30 and my son would get home at uh, like 2.45, 3 o'clock and then I'd get home around 3.30, and sometimes 4 if I had a staff meeting. And if I was teaching at Wayne State, sometimes I'd get home at 7 or 7.30, like right. once a week. Uh, she was having sex with him in the house. With the, with the father of the child? Yes. Mm. And And where are you with that now? Did she have the child? She had the child, and she's living with my mother. Uh-huh. And, so, and, what, and what is your relationship to your daughter alike? Uh, she's not speaking to me because my mother, like I said, she ignored me, and my mother is um, thinks that um, somehow everybody's afraid of me. They don't want to deal with the reality of the situation, which is they're kind of pretending that this like they're 22 year olds. And it, I, but as soon as I found out, um, I thought I'm going to be a better person because of this. 
mm-hmm. but I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, 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 you know what? This is a perfect call because it's exactly what I was just talking about. I mean, that little child, that grandson of is a grandson. Mm-hmm. A little grandson of yours uh, was conceived uh, at the an exact same go- uh, part of God's perfect plan as uh, as if they had been married and were 22 years of age. I mean, it's like that your ego, the part of you that believes that uh, life is supposed to go a certain way and that children aren't supposed to have sex when they're this age and that, that, that you have failed by not being there for them and all of that, all of that is just your ego talking. If you could just step back and, and look at the whole thing and see that it's all perfect, all of this is absolutely the way it was supposed to be. And the only way, the only solution to this for you, because there's deep pain inside in, in you as you talk, I can hear it. Uh, oh, it hurts. And there's shame in you as well. And and what I would do with this at this at this time of year right now, I would just surround my daughter with as much love as I possibly could. I would uh, I would send her gifts for her and for her child. I would do everything I possibly could to let her know that being a good mother is more than just having kids that do what they're told, but it's loving them, especially in times when it seems that it's almost impossible to do so. That you are that. That you are that great a person, you are that God realized that you are going to send her all of the love and care and guidance, and do the same thing for your mother as well. That's that's the message of this season, my my dear Amy in Michigan. Thank you. Yeah, I would just send her as much love as I possibly could, and and that little boy as well, and uh, and let them know that it's all forgiven, and that uh, you're going to just surround them in love, and that's how you want your life to go. Thank you. Does that make sense, sweetheart? It does. Yeah. Have you have you had much communication with her at all? It feels like I'm uh, enabling the situation that somehow that that the situation uh, already is, Amy. It already exists. So it, it's like it isn't whether you approve or disapprove. It's totally irrelevant whether you approve or disapprove. This is part of God's plan. And the, right. question, the question is: Are you in harmony with it, or are you fighting it? To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.